0: Joe Biden recently signed a $1.2 trillion purported infrastructure bill. But how much of it is actually for infrastructure and how much of it is an excuse to get taxpayers to foot the bill for leftist pet projects? I'm Paul Dragu and this is Freedom is the Cure. So I'll be talking to Peter Rykowski and Christian Gomez of the JBS Research Department. And we'll be discussing the bill that was recently signed, as well as the larger, more expensive, monstrosity Green New Deal, so-called infrastructure bill that Democrats would like to pass. Welcome, gentlemen.
1: Thanks for having us on, Paul.
2: Glad to be here.
0: So the other day I was listening to an interview with... uh, Jordan Peterson, and it turned out that, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Jordan Peterson apparently has been involved in various national and international projects, and a lot of them involve infrastructure aspects. And anyway, one of the things that uh, he said right away when the bill came up was, you know, that bill isn't as stupid as it could have been. So I want to talk about just how stupid is this bill? Uh, Peter, you wrote an article recently on this bill, and you outlined several leftist pet projects that seem to have little to nothing to do with infrastructure. But I think before we dive into that, one of the most startling things that you wrote, and it was that only 9% of this bill apparently goes to infrastructure. Uh, How is that, and how do you define infrastructure in that assessment?
1: Well, infrastructure, I define in the traditional way we've always used infrastructure, which is roads, bridges, you know, physical, uh, conventional infrastructure that, you know, ordinary Americans use and want to use. And this bill only appropriates $110 billion out of $1.2 trillion uh, to that actual infrastructure. Uh, the rest of it goes to uh, various left-wing programs to uh, just totally wasteful pork spending that various senators and representatives demanded for their own districts in order to get it passed.
0: What would you consider, I know that one of the, the projects emphasizing this is broadband expansion and power grid uh, upgrade. Is that, not, would, is that not considered part of the infrastructure
1: or not in your definition? Well, in terms of the power grid upgrades, a lot of it is to like accommodate green energy and, you know, to make it more consistent with an environmentalist, with environmentalist policies. So it's so, not even
0: to like protect us from, say, this a foreign threat, who, you know, because we hear about that, that, that the power grid is fragile and vulnerable. It wouldn't even
1: necessarily do that. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 if this bill were to do that, it would be spending a lot less on these upgrades than what it is... Actually, spending it on because a lot of this is motivated more to um, implement, you know, this green agenda, so-called green agenda, rather than actually focus on U.S. national security. Okay. Same thing with uh, aspects such as uh, promoting public transportation, you know, in a, you know, trying to uh, do away with individual transportation and trying to collectivize. Uh, the way we uh, get around. Right.
0: Well, you write that this bill is 2,700 pages. Yep. And uh, you outlined several bullet points of what you just said, some of those uh, those aspects of the project that have nothing to do with that. And what are people paying for that has nothing to do with infrastructure?
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of ridiculous uh, programs in this bill. Uh, for example, it's mandates that all states create a carbon reduction program, and the federal government would choose which of those programs unilaterally to accept or to reject. You know, this is unconstitutional to mandate states to do any of this, but this bill is doing that. You know, we'll be paying for that. You know, it creates a uh, mileage tax pro- program where you'll be taxed based on the number of miles you drive as opposed to you know, anything else, and it would add on top of the gas tax rather than replace it. Uh, It would uh, require cars to have advanced alcohol monitoring systems, which would either be requiring in the form of requiring someone to blow into something in order for the car to work, or by having an infrared camera constantly monitoring you when you're driving, which would be a serious invasion of privacy. And then how how do you know if the camera, like, will the camera accurately determine whether you're uh, drunk or not? Or will it say you're drunk when you're really just driving normally?
0: Well, how else would it, would you, how would it, I'm sorry, did I miss it? But how would it determine whether or not you're sober? Because with those, you know, they have some of those installments, right? For people who are in various programs and, you know, got in trouble for drunk driving and you have to like blow in it. Would it be like – I can't imagine like they would install those in cars.
1: Well, yeah. And because of that, they'd probably not do that specifically. Probably it would be these infrared cameras constantly monitoring you when you're driving. And then it would look at like body movements or things like that to determine whether you're... You're drunk? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What if you're just a really fidgety person? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, how, how does the camera... That is wrong. You
2: might have to go in for a breathalyzer test to make to uh, And on doctor's note to prove you weren't drunk.
0: Oh, this stuff is so ridiculous. Yeah. I, I'm afraid to ask, but keep going. Yeah, well,
1: $2.5 billion in this bill uh, helps um, increase illegal migration. It would build border processing stations, so that illegal migrants who come falsely claiming asylum uh, can be very quickly processed, and they can be released into the U.S. interior, and obviously, like, over 90% of them don't actually report Uh to the federal government when they're called for their court trial. Right. So you know but then zero, 00 would actually go to uh the border wall which is actual infrastructure. Right, right,
0: I <laughs> say that's more infrastructure. Maybe they'll pave a, a a softer smoother road for them to just come on in. That would be I mean we're we're one step away. Yeah. Why not just just
1: pave the road? Pretty much. Yeah, and then There are all these left-wing social programs. I mean, there are a lot of – like with the broadband spending that you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. the money would be allocated based on, uh, like, racial quotas. um, And – What does that mean? So areas with, like, larger minority populations or with more – they People get priority. born outside of the United States, they get the priority in getting the funding,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
2: And it, because the scene is, I guess, the, supposedly they don't have access to the Internet. Uh, so we have to provide that for them. That's sort of the mentality that they're used to selling this, uh, to sell this program.
1: Yeah. So if you live in rural Arkansas or West Virginia, you're out of luck. Yeah. Uh, so where they actually do have
0: issues. I've lived in rural Montana and there really are issues with broadband. And I imagine, like you said, well, right. unless
2: you increase your racial quotas there, you won't get the federal funding for your broadband.
0: Right. Well, that sounds about what's happening. Yeah. And of
2: course, if they increase uh, these racial quotas, they say it's for broadband funding, right, to be more diverse. Uh but, you know, if if we increase the racial demographics, let's say, to what the left would like, uh, the end game with that is really just to uh, change the voting pattern so they can elect more Democrats. That's what they're ultimately after. They just use these little uh, carrot and, and, and stick approaches to, to get there.
1: I,
0: you know, we've been talking about that for a while and, and strategists have been talking about that for a while. I kind of have the feeling that that's going to backfire. we're already seeing that we we saw that with the last election yeah Yeah. um and i think it's terribly insulting depending on how you look at it but how i look at it it's terribly insulting to assume that letting folks in you know uh, especially it sounds like they're targeting specifically people of color they're so they're so putting them in that group that they think it's like oh they're people of color so they're going to Holy vote leftist I think what an insult like saying these people will not go outside of, of this this cage we've created the
2: greatest there. offender of minorities and people of color is none other than President Joe Biden I mean he has said some of the most outlandish racist comments most racist comments I've heard of any president probably yeah. ever decades maybe since before the American Civil War if you I don't mean, vote for me you ain't black exactly things <laughs> like that he just puts uh, people of color in this collective pot, yeah, uh, you have to vote and think a certain way. But for example, like voter ID, you know, we as conservatives, uh, constitutionalists, we want voter ID laws in place so we can make sure that the right person is voting. You would think that's not a non-political subject, but the left has politicized it. And they'll say they say things like, well, when you demand that people of color, African-Americans and Hispanics have to get a driver's license to vote, well, they don't have access to these facilities. Uh, that's not true. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I lived in, Bronx, in the Bronx. I lived in the ghetto and there's a DMV there. Sure, the waiting is forever. But uh, I went to the DMV in the Bronx and I. Um, there weren't a lot of white people there. There was a lot of people of color that yeah. reflect the demographics of the Bronx, and they were all getting their driver's license, Hispanics, African-Americans. So to say that they don't have access to, to get driver's license or, or New York State IDs or whatever state they're in, is, is it's just a lie. Uh, and Joe Biden, the way he talks about uh, African-Americans not having access to this stuff, it's as if Oh, look at the poor, dumb, colored person who can't do this. Oh, poor, you know, that poor person. It's too hard for them. It's too hard. They can't figure it out. That, to me, is racist. So Mr. Biden has to apologize to uh, the the minority community, if you ask me.
1: What
0: else we got, Peter?
1: Oh, we got a lot. Uh, The bill defines, for the first time in U.S. history, defines uh, gender identity as a protected class so none of the money in so this bill... Sounds real
0: infrastructure there. Yeah, yeah, human <laughs>
1: infrastructure, I guess. I mean, none of the money in this bill can be used to discriminate against, you know, a guy who claims he's a woman. You know, so all of this, uh, you know, ridiculous stuff. Uh, and then it spends uh, billions and billions of dollars on these ridiculous climate change provisions. You know, $500 billion just in general to protect against climate change. You know, 21 billion. Wait, wait, go for... back to that.
0: Do you have any idea what that means? Like, what is that? Because the climate change now is everything and anything. They, they could lump anything in that. Are is they there...
2: still calling it climate change? I thought it was climate crisis, climate catastrophe. Next year, it'll be climate apocalypse.
0: Well, with global cooling... Uh, who knows what, the, but yeah, I think well, I was they
2: was back are... in the 70s, Global Cooling. There's a oh, documentary, no, yeah, there's... the one that's narrated by Leonard Nimoy. You can find yeah. it on YouTube. The world's getting colder. By the year 2000, we'll all be ice cubes. Yeah,
0: I, I was doing some research back in my newspaper days, and I went to the actual, you know, those little slides they have at the libraries of the archives of the local newspaper?
2: Oh, the microfilm? Yeah,
0: yeah. I found one from from like the 1981 or something like that. And there was, I believe, I don't know if it was Reuters or AP anyway, it was a story that was ran in that local newspaper. And it was talking about the dangers of global cooling, that there's an upcoming ice age. And it sounded so similar to what we're hearing now. And uh, we've done new American issues on how they were wrong about global cooling and how they're using the same strategy uh, with global warming now. So I was saying, Peter, yeah, you're I mean,
1: just all sort. I mean, and, and the phrase itself is extremely vague, but I mean, it, it could go to a whole bunch of things. I mean, you know, building solar panels, building these ridiculous wind farms and, you know, but then there's much more money in terms of trying to promote public transportation and getting away from, you know, highways and individual mm-hmm. vehicles, you know, because, you know, what we see with, you know, prog- programs like, you know, Agenda Twenty Thirty, Agenda Twenty One, trying to lump people into these massive urban areas and trying to get people out of rural areas. And we see with the Democrat what they're what they're doing in terms of zoning laws, trying to abolish single family zoning and trying to put everyone into these big apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's logical they'd want to uh, get rid of you know individualized transportation, just collectivize it all. So thirty nine billion just goes to Promoting public transportation in general, and another 15 billion for uh, using electric powered Mm -hmm. cars and things like that. Yeah.
0: Peter, you brought up agenda. 2030 and Christian you you've done quite a bit of uh, work on agenda 2030 how what do you see what irks you about this bill and what connections do you see between uh between agenda 2030 and this bill
2: I really appreciate all the uh research that Peter uh, has done on these writing these alerts I mean he's gone uh looked up he's he's dug through the bills he's found all these details he's read other news articles as well and he's put together and compiled uh, a list of the most egregious things in in both of these bills. You know, the, the one that Biden signed and the Build Back Better Act as well. And you know, talking about the so-called infrastructure bill, uh, these uh, points that Peter brought up in his articles and in the legislative alert, uh, it just hit me like, like a ton of bricks in terms of uh, going down memory lane. So back in 2011, I, uh, I did the research for JBS for the Agenda 21 and You booklet, and also the, um, the, the documentary that JBS produced at the time. And one of the books that I used for my research that I read from cover to cover, and it was not a fun read, was the book Sustainable America, America's Environment, Economy, and Society in the 21st Century that was edited by Daniel Sitars. And this book was uh, published back in the late 1990s. And Daniel Sitars, he was a member of, the, of President Bill Clinton's task force uh, his Council on Sustainable Development that President Bill Clinton created uh, just after the former president, George H.W. Bush, went down to Rio de Janeiro for the, um, for the uh, environmental conference there and signed Agenda 21. So, of course, you know, Bush lost that election to Clinton. Clinton becomes the president. Now it's his responsibility to implement this or to go against it, but he decides to implement what George H.W. Bush signed, Agenda 21, and the Council on Sustainable Development that President Bill Clinton was created was designed to come up with the ideas of how can we bring America uh, to Agenda 21? How do we get there? And a lot of what Peter mentioned, a lot of these policies— They are the very recommendations that come out of that book. So I would recommend that anyone listening to this podcast go to Amazon, AB Books, and a used bookseller uh, online, look up the book Sustainable America by Daniel Satars. Read through that, and it mentions a lot of the stuff that uh, that this bill that was just passed in 2021 uh, talks about. They talk about uh, in that book, they recommend that the U.S. should have... a a mileage tax just like in this bill they call for higher gas taxes gasoline consumption for the roads um, uh, creating convoluted road systems eventually to bypass certain areas of the country that they want to make off limits to be total wetland areas and the idea is to move people as Peter was saying, into cities, into large apartment buildings, into urban areas. They want, I mean, if you think about it from a globalist uh, standpoint, it's easier to control a majority mm-hmm. of people that are clustered in one area, if you think about it from a strategic sure. viewpoint. And also, look at the left also in a different regard. They want to get rid of the electoral college. And if they got mm-hmm. rid of that, that means the elections for the president and vice president Will be determined by national popular vote los angeles county alone where the city is located of la mm-hmm. is one of the most populated counties in the entire country so if you went to a, a national popular vote system the presidency would be determined by whoever gets the vote in LA, Chicago, New York, Houston, all the uh, Miami, all these big liberal cities. Just like in uh, Peter's home state of Illinois, where the the governor is not voted by the voters of Illinois, he's voted by the voters by Chicago. the corrupt voters of Chicago and all the cemeteries in Chicago. And the same is true of my home state of New York. The race for attorney general and New York governor is never determined by the. Uh, Uh, the red state part of New York, which is most of the state like Illinois, but by the voters of New York City.
0: I was listening to I think uh, Joe Rogan once and he explained a a rat experiment uh, because he was talking about living, how they have moved from L.A. and it was so different uh, because there's more space and whatnot. And uh, I guess he was citing an experiment in which Rats, apparently, you know, as long as they have some sort of adequate room, they're fine. But then you start cramming more and more and more and they start to get, you know, violent and unruly and whatnot. And I guess uh, there's supposed to be some connection of these folks. You know, when you put people into you just cram them and whatnot. And this is kind of a tangent, maybe off a little bit, but. Uh, all that to say is, like, I don't want to live in some crowded city. I did live. I grew. It sounds up, like bigotry, right? <laughs> I grew up in Atlanta, and I think there's six million people within a hundred mile radius. It's obviously not New York City, uh, but it was crowded enough. And ever since then, I have lived out in the West, and now I live in the Midwest. and And my personal opinion, and I'm sure that there's research to back this up, is we need space. I don't. I think people need air to breathe and space uh, and to be able to go to have the outdoors right next to them you know my recommendation would be the opposite that we split the cities up of course that would be totalitarian that people would want to to move away and and create these small hamlets of out in the country where you know i'm sure there's research showing that it's healthier it yeah. really is healthier. I
2: mean, where does this all go? Peter mentioned the uh, the mileage tax that's included yeah, yeah. in the infrastructure bill. So let's say they implement a mileage tax. And, and, and at first That's it's, really scary, yeah, especially for scary. those of
0: us who live out, you know. We we have to do quite a bit of driving.
2: Exactly. And just like the federal income tax, oh, it starts out a small amount for just the very yeah. those in the very top and then it gets broader and broader. Right. And then the next thing you know, if you live out in the sticks, out in Montana, rural Montana, rural Arkansas, rural any part of the country and the gasoline is so expensive because of federal mandates and taxes, You, someone might think, forget this. I'm just going to move to the mm-hmm. city and, and just take a bus or a subway train everywhere I right. need to go because it's, it's unsustainable because they want to make America sustainable in there. And their vision
1: also this tax would come on top of the gas tax wouldn't be replacing it so you'll essentially be paying double if you live in rural areas are you
0: say is, is there a federal gas tax or are you referring to state gas taxes? there is a
1: federal gas tax
0: and and, and i know there's state gas taxes mm-hmm. so some people would potentially be dealing with paying a state and a federal gas tax and now an additional mm-hmm. this is insanity Oh, Lord.
2: Yeah, the government wants to perpetually make uh, fossil fuel-based energy seem more expensive so you can choose the subsidized so-called green alternative energies, which will look cheaper. In reality, they're artificially making... The, the fossil fuel energy, which is the real cheaper one, they're making mm-hmm. that more expensive artificially and making the so-called green alternative energies cheaper through subsidies, at least in, uh, at least immediately when you go purchase things. Right. So the idea is to get people to buy hybrid cars and all this stuff. But that's what they're doing. In fact, you go to Shell, uh, Shell, the company, they have a, a, on one of their webpages, they have a... Goals for like 2050, America in 2050. And they're totally sold out into this Agenda 2030 uh, and beyond, really, uh, agenda. Because uh, they talk about the goals for 2050, totally moving away from fossil fuels. And this is Shell Oil. They have mm-hmm. a whole website dedicated
0: yeah. to that. It's like Coca-Cola going into the water and uh, an orange juice business. Well, a couple <laughs> days ago. No, uh, they did that, right? They, they bought water companies. And yep, not, they yeah, They
2: own several. And they own, I think, Minute Maid orange juice. Yeah.
1: Well, a couple of days ago, Art Thompson, he came out with his latest Activate America video, and he was discussing how our leaders continually uh, make these policies and take these actions which appear ridiculously stupid, but it's a pattern, a repeated pattern of stupidity. Is it really stupidity or is it really a conspiracy to, uh, you know, advance some Marxist collectivist agenda and destroy, you know, a society that upholds God-given individual freedoms?
0: Well, Gary Allen in a, None There Call It Conspiracies, like you would think of all these nincompoop decisions made over and over that some would go in the favor of the people. Right? If, the,
2: if, they, if they really were mistakes. Yeah, if they really yeah, were mistakes. They mistake. would occasionally make a mistake in our favor. Yeah,
0: yeah, but that doesn't – like I said, I was listening to Joe Rogan. And one thing he said is it's like he was talking about, I think, the leadership of California – and I, I'm not sure if he was talking about San Francisco specifically or L.A., but he was like, you know, it, it, if our conspiracy theories, it, it it's almost like they're trying to screw everything up. I think people are starting to realize, you know, especially now with the gas, you know, with, with the gas and we have inflation on everything else. Uh, but I, I wrote an article, I think, last week about the gas crisis. And from the beginning, the Biden administration show that it was hostile you know it banned those uh, leases oil and gas leases uh any on um, federal and and waters and lands and whatnot uh this is where they want to go this is clearly where they want to go they're hostile to fossil fuels this is all in line with what's happening here
2: can I read a quote to you from uh from the United nations it goes it just backs up what you just said yeah. so um in the i wrote this in the in the u n uh in the Agenda 21 and You booklet,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, this is a quote here. Okay, Agenda's 21 hostile view toward private property can be traced back to the 1976 United Nations Conference on Human Settlement that was held in Vancouver, Canada. Under Section D land of the Report of Habitat, which is what came out of that conference, um, the preamble stated the following. This uh, from from that 1976 UN Conference on Human Settlement. Quote, Land, because of its unique nature and its crucial and the crucial role it plays in human settlements, cannot be treated as an ordinary asset, controlled by individuals and subject to the pressures and inefficiencies of the market. Private land ownership is also a principal instrument of the accumulation and concentration of wealth, and therefore contributes to social injustice." If unchecked, it may become a major obstacle in the planning and implementation of development schemes. I mean, this is all about socialism. That's what it really all boils down to. They want socialism at any cost. And environmentalism in these bills is a step towards building a socialist society. As Biden says, just like all his UN comrades, right? Build back better.
0: Ayn Rand wrote... In uh, capitalism and idea unknown, that if you do not, if you do not have the right to private property, you're essentially a slave because you cannot keep the fruits of your labor.
2: That's one of the first acts that the Soviet government did when the Soviet Union sure. was formalized. Uh uh, the Bolshevik government were the first, I think it was the very first law that they passed, if not the very first, it was one of the very first law where they nationalized all the land and claimed that it belongs to the people. And the people, according to the Soviet government, is represented by the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Uh, so the state basically de facto controlled all land. Right. Private ownership was abolished. And then, of course, we saw how that led to the massive famines and the Holodomor in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, millions and millions, far more than even under n- Nazi uh, Germany, millions more killed because of bad land policies. All in the name of how individual proper individual ownership of land is evil.
0: I was born in, behind the Iron Curtain. I was born in Romania mm-hmm. in 1980. Uh, it, it was largely under the control as a satellite state of, of course, the Soviet Union. And I would hear that, you know, before the Soviets came through, before World War II, Romania was a a breadbasket. It was a regional producer, a breadbasket. Once uh, communism took over, uh, everything changed. Uh, You know, communism, socialism, it kills the human spirit and it kills creativity and it kills production, of course. It's amazing. It's so amazing that people are not screaming this all over, especially from academia, you know, that that this is where it's going. Now, there's an even bigger, stupider bill on the horizon, right, Peter? (laughs) It's more expensive, and apparently it's even more socialistic
2: or communist. Yeah, the bill we were talking about was just the appetizer. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Tell
0: us about the entree here of of, of communist stupidity.
1: Yeah, well, first off, I just want to mention the bill that we were just talking about, the bill that Biden just signed was uh, House Resolution 3684, that one's now law. Uh, the other one is uh, House Resolution 5376, which is titled the Build Back Better Act. Mm-hmm. And Build Back Better is really just a, like it, like the title. The, it's it's more like the tear it down bill.
3: Yeah. I love
1: it, how these government bills are
0: always the opposite. But the term <laughs> itself
1: is a United Nations program. It right. originated in the early 2010s. Uh, to rebuild after natural disasters, but really rebuilding in a way that um, conforms with uh, agenda 2030 and the you know sustainable development goals of the UN. So you know the fact that they're uh, titling this bill after uh, some you know international socialist UN program is really uh, revealing. Uh, but this bill uh, it's really brazen.
0: They're really like,, ah, they won't know. And most people don't know, I guess, unless yeah. you're reading the New American. That's right.
1: Yeah, we've we've been Preach told. it. <laughs> yeah, but this bill—it would officially, on paper, it would spend 1.75 trillion dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, in reality, it would spend up to five trillion dollars. Uh, the number, the different numbers, depend on the various assumptions that the Democrats are making, and obviously, they want to convince people this bill really isn't that expensive. You know, as if, you know, as if 1.75 trillion is nothing. Is it going to cost zero dollars? But yeah, it has all sorts of ridiculous.
2: As many dollars as the amount of emissions they want. Zero. Zero
0: dollars. Tell us about the zero dollars bill, Peter. Go on. Sorry to cut you off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the zero dollar bill that would cost five trillion (laughs) would would, uh, have all sorts of ridiculous stuff. It would have $555 billion in. Climate change spending. More climate change spending. Yep, yep. Uh, Totally, you know, implementing the Green New Deal. You know, pretty much anything can think of. You know, they would have um, a mass legalization of illegal aliens in this country up to, you know, six, seven, eight uh, million illegals. Uh, It would promote uh, mass migration in other ways. It would have a program making it easier for these big tech companies to have these uh, low wage uh, workers entering the United States taking the jobs from American citizens, uh, I would uh, override the various state level pro life laws in this country and override the Hyde Amendment, which prevents federal spending. How would they on get abortion. that through? How do, gee whiz. Yeah, but, and there's much more. It would uh, implement the PRO Act, which is a radical labor union bill that would. Uh, override state right-to-work laws.
2: It's a step towards a national uh, collective bargaining uh, law. Yeah, there's it would... Nothing about this is constitutional in the slightest. It's it's pure socialism. Yeah, and there's so much more. I mean, you know, free, uh, univ- well, so-called free
1: community college, which really isn't free, uh, universal pre-K so the uh, public schools can indoctrinate your kids even younger. Even earlier. Yeah, even earlier. Uh you know, ma- major expansion of Medicare. Um, there's a provision, $3 billion for what they call tree equity, which I have no idea what that even means, but just sounds like some.
0: some. <laughs> you just want to bring it up because it sounds so dumb.
1: Well, I remember in <laughs> 2017, there was all this talk about racist trees. Well, you know, some where trees... Where they want to chop down this forest in Arizona because they thought it was racist. Are, aren't
0: environments racist now? Isn't there environmental racism now? I can't keep up with all the racism flowing around. I mean,
2: well, think about it, like in a place like the Bronx, uh, where I've lived a large part of my life, the air quality and in LA is really poor. So look how racist that environment is there. but
0: is it poorer or there are more people of color? Is it, because that would be racist air.
2: Yeah, so (laughs) uh, so the air is, the air there isn't clean and it's, Uh, it's totally racist. That has to change. Yeah. There's a
1: provision in this bill that would fine businesses $700,000 if they do not enforce Joe Biden's vaccine mandate.
0: Now, how, how would that both would say, oh, I don't know, the court saying you can't do that?
1: Well, hopefully. Would this override
0: it? Like, say this, this, this dumb
1: thing gets passed. Well, it really depends how good the judges are. I mean, we have so many judges who are totally in line with this agenda, who really don't care at all what the Constitution says. So it really depends, you know, are we going to have a judge who respects and wants to enforce the Constitution or, or we're going to have a judge who uh, wants to implement, like literally implement Agenda 2030 mm-hmm. in America. You know, that's what matters because literally like all these provisions and both bills are unconstitutional on the federal level. I mean, like, there's nothing in the Constitution which mm-hmm. empowers the federal government to do any of this stuff that I've mentioned. You know, so really, it, really, it just depends on, The quality of the judges that we have. Yeah. And then also, you know, the quality of our political leaders, both in Congress and on the state level, because even on the state level, if they wanted to, they could nullify a lot of these provisions. So it really depends. And they could do that with the bill that was just signed in the law as well, right? Yeah. So with a lot of these provisions, it just depends. Are leaders willing and um, do they have the, uh, you know, the boldness necessary to enforce the constitution to follow it this is where
2: the need for applying article six not five comes into play yeah because uh like you said before peter uh, they signed the infrastructure bill and it's law i mean it's law in the sense that it's it went through the legal process but it's not law according to the to article six of the constitution and states are duty-bound all elected officials really are duty-bound to uphold the constitution and those laws in pursuance thereof and this is clearly the opposite of that uh, both the one that was signed and the one that uh, has yet to pass, the Build Back Better Act. But even if that one passes too, it's not yet over. States have a constitutional duty to uh, uh, nullify and say, no, this we're not doing this in this state. We're not abiding by this. Our, we're not going to implement these illegal measures in this state. And that's what we need to do across the country.
0: And we've seen a, a barrage of nullification within the last 20 months, especially with the COVID hysteria. We've seen states, uh, perhaps even smaller municipalities, communities f- fight back with us. Let's finish off with that. It's uh, people are listening. What what are some of the steps we can take to? Obviously, we need to to start resisting this other bill. You know, get a hold of your Congress. Is it in the Senate now? Or is it in the House? Where where is
1: this bill back better? The House is expected to pass it. Uh, by the end of this week, maybe Friday, maybe another day, mm-hmm. uh, the Senate will pr- is aiming to pass it sometime in December. Uh, a lot of this is up in the air because we don't know for certain all the political circumstances. It's supposed to get this. changed quite a bit in the Senate, right? Yeah.
0: But they, 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 they're going to use reconciliation, right, to pass yeah. it?
1: Yeah. So under this process, uh, the Senate is able to pass the Build Back Better Act uh, without... Any support from Republicans, because there's a process called reconciliation, Mm -hmm. which allows them to pass certain legislation uh, with budgetary impacts uh, by a simple majority rather than having to abide by the filibuster.
0: Is there any chance that there are any Democrats who are going to stray, who are going to go rogue?
1: Well, there are a couple Democrats who uh, seem reluctant to support like the most... Radical things in this bill, but uh, even those seem supportive of passing the bill. Like overall, so not not really. They're the Democrats seem pretty locked up behind this with some very minor exceptions. Well, Joe Manchin, you know, he he'll 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 voice you know like, oh, should we really be spending so much? Mm-hmm. You know, is you know such and such provision? You know, do we really need this? But overall, uh, I think he'll vote in favor of this bill, um, with the exception of if he really fears that he'll lose reelection.
0: So you think this will go through as well, huh? Other... There's a high
1: chance of it. That's why we. Sh- that's why people should not uh, sit back and, you know, expect the Democrats to implode. People should get active in their communities, mm-hmm. you know, and get active in contacting their officials. You know, they should not just sit back on the couch and. You know, think that Joe Biden's just going to implode in a couple of months.
2: I mentioned the legislative alerts that Peter um, created for us on JBS.org and that we've uh, constantly blasted out. And yes, we want you to go to JBS.org, click on Act Now, click on Federal Alerts and, and um, click on the Stop the Build Back Better Act alert. But more so than just sending an email, we want you to call the office of your congressman. Calling is more effective than email. Everyone, you, no, no, no one has an excuse. If you're listening, if you're listening to this, you're using the internet. If you're on the internet, go to jbs.org send that alert, that email. It's, it's pre-written. So if you don't want to edit it, you don't have to, but we encourage that you put it in your own words. So they're not all copy and paste. We provide all the information and details. You can put it in your own words, but more so than clicking a simple send to your two U.S. senators and one member of the house, call, click the button there to call them, speak on the phone with them and do so repeatedly. And if it's even possible for you, to visit the local office of your congressman and senator in their state, if that's a possibility, do that too, because constituent visits are even stronger than phone calls, and phone calls are stronger than emails, and everyone with access to the internet can send an email very simply, and ours are pre-written, so that saves you some trouble. Please, we have to act on this now.
1: Yeah, that's completely right. And we also, in addition to that alert, we have multiple alerts related to nullifying uh, both the unconstitutional federal vaccine mandates, along with uh, just promoting nullification in general. Because state legislators, we've got to be educating them on what, what you know, the authority that they do have to nullify unconstitutional federal programs. Because if they don't nullify, you know, all of the unconstitutional things we already have, you know, are they really going to nullify these bills that they're passing right now? I mean, we got to, you know, show them that they have an obligation and the constitutional authority to mm-hmm. do this.
0: And like we said, we're seeing a lot of nullifying. They're they're fighting back and so they need to hear from from their constituents. They need to hear from the people. Thanks, Christian. That was that was great. Again, jbs.org act now. There we have several federal uh, several legislative alerts. Guys, I appreciate you coming. i uh, sharing is good stuff. Thanks for listening, everyone.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Paul.
3: Are you concerned with where America is headed? If not, you should be. So let's get busy on solutions. At the John Birch Society, our staff and members have over 60 years of experience in pushing back on outrageous abuses of government. Our tools are truth and education. Our methods are tried and true with scores of successful operations. Join together with the tens of thousands of members of the John Birch Society nationwide to make a difference. We have professional staff strategically placed all over the nation, and will provide the training you need to be a success. We will provide the materials you need to be a success. We will provide the esprit de corps that comes with working in concert with tens of thousands of members nationwide on the same goals. If you want a bellyache and do nothing, don't join because we don't want you. But if you're a patriot and you love our country and want to preserve the blessings of liberty to the next generation, then we need you in the fight today. Not soon, today. Let me clarify, today. Go to JBS.org and get involved right now. And remember, The Constitution is the solution.